Hey y'all, it's Dr. Janae. What's up? It's Raven and we are your favorite teacher therapist duo. And this is Houston to Healing, a podcast about all things mental health, but most importantly, a safe space for Black people. Our mission is to dialogue, find support, and share resources that help in our healing journeys. And I say our healing journeys because we too are learning and growing every day. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome back to the Hughes to Healing Podcast. It's Dr. Janae and Raven coming to talk to you about culturally competent therapy. That is a term that you may be hearing a lot about that may be kind of buzzing or trending. We wanted to kind of break that down, especially because this podcast, this space, this page exists for Black folks and other communities of color and marginalized communities. So we wanted to spend a little bit more time talking about what culturally competent means and how to ensure that you find a culturally competent therapist to ensure that your therapeutic journey is one that is beneficial for you. So let's break down a definition really quick. When we talk about the term culturally competent therapy, um, what are we talking about? What does that mean? Just breaking it down, simply put, culturally competent therapy means that the person that you are working with, the mental health professional, the therapist that you are sitting across the couch or across the computer or smart device from understands your background, your belief system, your values, even if they don't identify with them as well, or they are not a part of um, your background or your belief system and cultural competency extends beyond your race and ethnicity. Cultural competency has to do with your overall culture, your socioeconomic status, your sexual orientation, your gender identity. So when you think about all the components that make you you, you are looking to have a therapist that recognizes and understands those different parts of you that make you the person that you are. And they are qualified to work with you in respecting and valuing and honoring those things that are important to you. So again, your race, your religion, your sexual orientation, your gender identity, understanding your background um, and things of that nature. So that is what culturally competent therapy is. Raven, again, you've talked a lot with us about your therapeutic journey and you've seen different providers in the group setting and the individual setting. How important has a person, whether or not they look like you, Um, or relate to you or identify the ways in which you do, how important has it been for you to go into your sessions and feel seen and understood? How critical has that been in your therapeutic process? It's like one of the top things for me, because Mm -hmm. if if I feel validated and supported, I'm able to come in as just like myself, right? Like Mm -hmm. come in and tell parts of myself that I've been hiding for so long in order to be healed, right? I'm able, mm-hmm. I feel that that safeness with you. And yeah, that's an important, an important piece. I need to be able to like, just, just talk. You gotta have right? that space to, again, where vulnerability is difficult in and of itself. So yeah. in order to, you know, get yourself to get to that space, you have to be like, okay, when I say this, am I going to, not only am I not gonna be judged, but like, are they gonna even know what the hell I'm but talking about? That, that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. the part of cultural competency that I think becomes the big challenge is like, okay, you may or may not judge me. Hopefully you don't show it. Hopefully you can maintain professionalism. But when I'm talking to you about who I am and what I'm going that, through, yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you understand these colloquialisms? Do you get these Mm. references? Like, because if you don't, I don't know how far we're going to get. Because if I'm spending session, really explain explain, that that's not what therapy is for. And again, 
as a black woman, not only therapist, but as a black woman who has been in therapy, that is critical. Is that being understood and being seen? And so I get a lot of questions about that. I get a ton of unofficial consults just from loved ones. Like, hey, I recognize that you can't be my therapist because you know me, but I want to kind of, I want you to walk alongside me in this therapeutic process Mm -hmm. and finding a therapist. And they bring me, you know, I'm a sounding board for people, you know, that are close to me that actually know me. But I also get these questions when people sit down and they book consultations with me to see if we're a good fit and I think that the misconception of culturally competent therapy is okay I identify in these ways I now need to find a therapist that identifies in these ways so I identify as a Latina um non-binary LGBTQ person. Therefore, my therapist must be LGBTQ, non-binary and Latina and that is in an ideal world, if we could find people that were mirrors of us, um, that might be great. It also might be a problem because you might be very, very similar and like-minded and you may not get anywhere. But in an ideal world, you would find a therapist that identified in the ways that were most important to you or the things that you are working to address in therapy. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case. We already know that the field of therapy is underrepresented with people of color and marginalized folks. So therefore the likelihood that you are going to find a therapist that identifies all the ways you want or need them to, and they're going to be in your network and accepting patients. It's not realistic. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people that all of the time, I'm like, if you find it and it's a good fit, stick to it, commit to it, book with them, book out with them. Be like, Hey, I I need to be on your calendar every week for the next 10 years. And then you can take me off when you need to like, you know, get that person to hold on tight but it's not realistic Mm -hmm. and so I tell people cultural competency goes beyond those check boxes you know if you go into therapeutic search engines um different platforms they have the boxes where you can check I prefer a therapist that identifies this way um based on gender or based on sexual orientation or racially and ethnically or I prefer somebody that identifies with this religious or spiritual background and so after you check all the boxes that are important to you and you can put no preference in the ones that you're not you don't that don't matter to you or that it doesn't matter how they identify you get this search engine of people again and then from there who's accepting clients who's nearby if you're trying to this in person, um, whose schedule is clear to accept clients. And so sometimes you're left with nobody that checked all those boxes, or you find this one person and they're booked up for the next six months. And so you have to expand your, your search literally and figuratively, because there are individuals in this field that may not look like you or identify with you in all the ways you identify that have the training and understanding. And so your therapist does not have to be of the same racial background as you to treat you per se, the same sexual orientation as you to treat you per se. Um, I have clients that identify differently than me in a number of ways, but I have enough training and commitment to understand what they're going through as it relates to their sexual orientation, their gender identity, or their race and ethnicity that may be different than mine, but they are still from an oppressed and marginalized community. So sometimes people get so locked into I'm black, I need a black therapist. And I hope you can find one. But if you can't, are there people from other minority or communities of color that you can see? 
that may can that cannot identify necessarily with being black, but they can understand oppression. They can understand marginalization. They can understand um, all of these societal ills from maybe their perspective, but they can recognize what you're going through. And that's a conversation that a lot of people don't like to have. They're like, nope, I want a black LGBTQ man. And I'm like, okay, let's try to find one. But if we don't, are you going to turn your back on your healing? Are you saying that if you cannot find this person, that you're not going to go to therapy at all, but you just identified all the reasons you need to go to therapy. We've already sat through why it's critical to go through therapy. We've talked about when and why to go. So you sat through and taking all your notes. Okay, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. Dr. Janae and Raven, they, they preaching, yeah. they preaching. I'm yes. re- and then you try to find a therapist and they don't check all of your boxes. And now you're not in therapy. Yes. So now what? <laughs> you know, so you've talked to me a little bit about not only your own personal journey with therapy, but like, I remember you saying something about a friend that had like an experience that was completely opposite of what they were envisioning with their therapist. What mm-hmm. what had happened with that situation? Yeah, so I had a friend who was looking for a therapist. And I think also hearing from me, I was like, oh, I found this black woman, like it's so great. And I was someone who was like, I need to find like, I need to have a black woman. And if not, I didn't have that what then, like what next mm-hmm. type of thing conversation with myself. Um, and so they were also looking and they they couldn't like everyone was outside their network or they were booked or just like distance wise just really far out and so she ended up finding a a white therapist and she was just Mm. like okay like i'm going to give it a go because i think she's at that point where she's like i i've been wanting to do this um and it has been it like proved her wrong and myself where i'm like i Mm -hmm. know like if if something happens and if I move out of the city I'm in and need to like, I like the things you were saying, like if I can't find someone who meets those needs, I can always go to someone. And I think that piece that you said commitment, like she has learned mm-hmm. that my therapist is committed to, mm-hmm. to know the things that I'm talking about. Yes. This is a white person. They have a very different upbringing than me, but like my friend sees their commitment and has never felt in a way that like, yeah, I feel like you don't understand me. I feel like, I'm mentioning mm-hmm. being a black woman raised in this, um, you know, working class, you know, background art and she sees her and that commitment mm-hmm. piece that you said that stuck with me because I think that's so important with the work, especially when you're like seeing people from just different, like, are you committed to see me? Mm-hmm. And, and have you have you gone through and of course I recognize that no amount of training, no amount of specialty concentration is going to make up for the lived experiences of a certain particular mm-hmm. population. However, have you done the work to recognize how not only different populations think, operate, navigate, yeah. how they process? Um, and then do you have a just a broader understanding of oppression, marginalization, Mm -hmm. ostracization, because again, no matter what we're talking about, a lot of times people are coming in talking about that. So whether that white therapist, you know, like you said, is that was not a black woman, was not from a working class, low income background. Like you said, you've done the work, you've committed to this in your trainings, you've gone through and got certifications in this. So you're recognizing like, no, I cannot say that I understand and live that experience but I am doing the work and I'm listening and I'm and I have things in my professional toolkit to help you in your personal one and so 
I think we can be very close minded when what we want in a therapist does not exist. And again, we stunt our own growth a lot of times. So that's shout out to your friend for like being committed, like going into this office with this white person and being like, ooh, like like we couldn't be more opposite, (laughs) but sticking through it and and Mm -hmm. letting that person partner with them and kind of prove that they were like, again, committed to this process. Um, And I'm pretty sure not, you know, not having been in that room, there have been times when that therapist is like, wait, I need to like, what does this mean? Can you help me understand this? Or like, Mm -hmm. How did you internalize this? Because again, how the white therapist heard it yes. and how the black client experienced it. Those are two different experiences yes. but, and recognizing that being like, okay, mm-hmm. let me listen. Like, why was this so, so catastrophic for this person? Because to me, it was another Tuesday, was, you know? And exactly. so, and so those differences exist, but I also think that it can be beneficial because again, when you try to get that therapist that is exactly like you, in some ways it is a match made in heaven and in mm-hmm. other ways Y'all are so like-minded that you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. So there's 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 pros and cons to having somebody that checks all of your boxes. Um, but having that open mind when they don't is critical. So no, your friend, I I, I really like that they I will tell you, um, I've been in therapy various times in my life and um I've always tried to find a black person, you know, primarily a black woman. Mm-hmm. And um I've had a black woman that a black woman that was outstanding. She was everything I needed in a therapist, um, yeah. professionally, personally, like she related, she got it. There was growth, mm-hmm. there was healing. I had another black woman where I was like, Ooh, girl, like, what's he refer me out? Like this, this is not giving what it needs to give. Um, and I had a white man. I remember uh, there was, I was referred by my doctor to a white man, um, to go to, ther- to, to, to therapy to see, and I was already, you know, antennas was up, but I was like, let yeah. me, let me be open minded. Yeah. Um, and not only was he white and male, but we were, girl, he could have been my granddaddy's granddaddy. Like we oh, were dang, very yes. much in, like, I was like, when I was young and I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a commit, I'm a commit. And I mm-hmm. went in and I committed and it was absolutely not a fit. And at which time I pivoted and I went yeah. and found a provider that was. So I think that's the thing, too. It's like go in with an open mind, go yes. in and discuss what you came to talk about. You know, give us some time and talk about what's not working. That was what I did with that individual. I was mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, while I'm saying this and you're saying that. I don't think that what I'm saying is connecting. I don't think that you're understanding why this is a problem. Like your response is not going to help. Your response is also me just pushing it and compartmentalizing it. Gotcha. And again, yeah. I, I recognize that I was a therapist to be. So I had so this language had and that. this understanding, so, but I was just like, mm, your, I was like, your advice is not giving what it needs to have gave, yeah. but oh, so I tried it. I tried a couple of sessions and I was like, you know, and I felt good when I was like, I got to go. Like yes. when I packed up and left, I was like, I tried, I was open-minded. I, I was, yeah. when, when I, when I opened the door and saw who he was, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to turn around, Let but I could, go. so, so for me, I had that peace of mind to be like, okay, now I'm going to expand my search. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found myself in a fit that was better aligned with me, with my identity and my needs. But I didn't just shut him off because he was white and a male and older. And so I, I took pride in that. I was like, yeah. I tried. And so you that's tried. what I always tell people. I'm like, try. I'm like, now given you, you know, your therapist got, you know, Maggie and a bio like okay let's not let's not yeah, try that like not, that but, like like there, there are certain signs that you know you don't even need to to go but again his profile and you know the way he presented himself I was like mm-hmm. even though we don't have a lot in common in our identities maybe and it was absolutely maybe not, not yeah but I tried it um the same way your friend walked in there and was like oh it's a white lady it's a white it's, woman. and see. it's yes. been great this has been a, a therapeutic journey and again her preference was to have a black woman and that was not available to her but she didn't let that stunt her journey. She didn't let that stunt her therapeutic growth. So 
That is what I always tell people. I'm like, try it, you know, do your best to get, you know, your, your priority pick. If that Mm -hmm. don't work, what's next and go from there. And again, nothing is, but this is not a binding contract. You can go in there, try a couple of sessions, advocate for yourself when they're not meeting your needs and bounce out when, if they're not. Yes. And I think that's the part too, that I like understanding, like, this is not a a binding contract. You're not going to also hurt the other person's feeling. They're not going to like stay Mm -hmm. up at night and be like, oh my gosh, we have four sessions and they bounce. Like they will be fine. Like that's the purpose, right? Finding Mm -hmm. what fits you because I've known people who have like gone to therapy and the person didn't fit and they're just like, I give up. Like I'm not like, that's Mm -hmm. it. And I know it's an exhausting process, but I'm like, okay, if you went to a dentist you went to a doctor and you were just like, ooh, this is like right now I'm I'm in the process of looking for a dentist because they don't get me in. I'm like, my appointment is at nine. Why am I being seated at 930? That's another thing. But am I going to stop going to the dentist? No, I'm going to look for another dentist. I know it's an Absolutely. exhausting thing, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. same thing with therapy, right? When you don't find that that fit, like looking for someone else and and not stopping because like this one person didn't work, like continuing. And it's really important to note right here, like, as a client, it is a therapist's job to refer you out when they mm-hmm. they cannot meet your needs. I so uh, oftentimes, yeah. So oftentimes when we're sitting there, we're like, oh, this person's problem is more than what I'm specialized or trained in. Or again, this identity piece is so far out than what I identify with or what I've what I've gone through in my schooling mm-hmm. and my certifications. We're supposed to refer out. But at the same token, and again, that's where the client needs to self-advocate. I could think that I am connecting, that I am hitting all that's the marks true. that I, I'm, I'm giving. I'm, I'm dropping You're gems right it. now. Yes. And if I'm not, that is where as a client, I'm encouraging you all to sit and let that therapist know, hey, I realize that there is some difference of opinions or I don't think you can relate to this issue that I'm going through. Is there somebody you can refer me to? Is there somebody you could recommend? Now, that person, again, may not be in network. They may not be accepting clients, but that's for you as the client to navigate, yes, because, again, you yes. have to take ownership in this process. But let your therapist know if it's not working, because, again, they can go back to the drawing board and recognize the areas where they're not fully um, trained or understand they're not listening the appropriate way or they can be like, whoa, like I really don't understand this at all. Um, So it's a conversation piece. It's a it's an openness piece. You have to advocate for your needs. And when they're not being met after you, you know, give that warning. Hey, I don't think you're hearing me or I don't think you're understanding this from my perspective or your lens and your worldview is very different than mine. And if they can't get on board with what you need, then ask them to refer you out. And if they don't have anybody in mind, they don't know where to go, then again, start the process over. And that's worst case scenario, but don't give up on your therapy Mm -hmm. because your search engine or your insurance list didn't have somebody that you were hoping for. Mm -hmm. And I've had people say, I've had clients come to me and be like, hey, like, and they're open about it and it's no shade. I don't take it no type of way. But they're like, oh, I was looking for, you know, I, I, I distinctly remember having a black male client be like, oh, with these particular issues I was working on, I wanted to sit with another black male and just really process them. But I could not find any in this city. Um, He's like, so I started looking for just black therapists in general and I found you. And I was like, okay. And it was a marital relationship thing Mm -hmm. and all of these things. And he, he stuck with it. He, he, you know, came to me with all of the things that he wanted to work on and grow and to strengthen his marriage. And I sat there and I listened. And there were a lot of times where I was like, I can't relate as a, as a man, as a husband, yeah. like I don't have yeah. those identities, but I sat and I remember when we got to the end of therapy and we were at a place where we both thought it was appropriate to terminate. I remember he sat and was like, you know, 
He was like, when I first walked in here, he was like, you were a woman. He was like, you were so young. He was like, I was just like, this is not going to work. And he told me, I promise y'all will never forget this. He was like, he was like, you were exactly what I needed. He was like, because I wanted a man. He was like, but I think a man would have just continued to let me be in my Mm. bullshit. That is what a direct quote. And I remember being like, dang, like, so he committed. He, cause again, I was like. I was a couple years older than like his oldest child. So he was just like, when I walked in and saw you, he was like, you were a woman, you were super young. And he said, he was just like, I was like, this ain't gonna work, but he stuck with it. He stuck with and it. he stuck with it because again, he didn't, he didn't have no backup plan to yeah. do a black male therapist. So he kind of was like, no, this is the, I'm gonna take Let's what I can get. Yeah. But he was like, when we got to the end of it, he, and I mean, when I, I promise you, I say this with no BS. He was one of my most engaged clients. Anybody that works with me knows I so give homework. Committed. And That's so a, yeah. I used to give homework. So I'd be like, okay. And I, I would make suggestions sometimes because yeah. I would recognize that my homework might be a little bit like what more than what a client was ready for at the moment. So I would kind of like, okay, would you consider? And if when I would ask it, he'd be like, whatever you somebody do, I'm going to do it. And I'd be like, yeah, not mister who came in yes. that was like, <laughs> and I mean, when I see he, he would come back every week and have it done, done thoroughly. And yes. Reflections, journaling, which exercises. And I'd be like, all right. Okay. But again, if he would have seen my profile, my bio, or been like, I'm not working with the woman because my issues are black men's issues. Only, yes. I don't know where he would have been. What he don't know. Yes. And again, he don't know yes. where he would have been. And so it absolutely happens that way. And I think the other part that we don't talk enough about is y'all get these boxes and you check them off and you find this therapist and you are unwilling to waver Mm-hmm. And you can go in and it can be the worst experience the worst. of your life. Yes. I I have a friend who went in and was just like, I found, I found this black woman. Right. Mm-hmm. And they went in, they were vibing. And I think like, you know, the first episode, the, the first episode, the first uh, sessions are literally just kind of getting to know, seeing if this is mm-hmm. a vibe. And I think it was about like session three, the person said something that was just like, oh, first of all, how do we get here? And it was mm-hmm. just like, it was just like, a, a no go. They were just mm-hmm. like, no, this is. It not was just. It was all. a whole bunch of red flags. It was a whole bunch of red flags, and so now my friends looking back, like I should have known when this happens, or like when they missed the session. Like there wasn't that commitment piece was gone, and then mm-hmm. also you got a trash like trash belief system, and it was mm-hmm. a black woman there, and they were they were someone who was like in the age group that they wanted or like assumes right, and they mm-hmm. had the they had the schooling, and it was just like. No, right? So also that that thing of like this person can fit all your boxes and then you go in and be totally disappointed with them. Yeah, and it can still not be a fit. So I think yeah. having that open mind, having a preference, having a desire is completely fine. But being able to have an open mind when it doesn't fit that way and then the same token, recognizing that somebody that can meet all of your check marks can let you down. We are we are human beings. We gravitate towards certain people. We get what we need from the people that come into our lives for a reason. So do not count out that person that does not. Again, I have a ton of clients who identify as um, LGBTQ mm-hmm. and I don't identify that way, but I have a commitment. I have gone through trainings. I sit there and I listen. And there are things that I sometimes can't relate to. And I'll say that, hey, I can't relate to that. I understand. I empathize. Um, And it may get to a point where I do need to refer them to a therapist that identifies 
on the spectrum with them because they can recognize in those lived experiences, they can share that with them. And that mm-hmm. may be such a primary part of their therapeutic journey that, that as somebody yeah. who identifies as straight, they're like, wait, wait, wait. So, so, and I can, I can recognize that. Okay. This is beyond my skill set. Gotcha, they are yeah. they th- their lived experience is so critical to their healing. They really need somebody alongside somebody them that gets it. them through and through. And so it's the, so it goes both ways. You know, I recognize when I can no longer help that person, but they mm-hmm. also recognize, okay, my therapist, she, she's, she rock with us, yeah. but there are certain things. So yes, yeah, so it's, it's a growing and healing. And so in that process, you know, cultural competency is so much more than just finding someone who looks like you, who is, who, or who is in the same community as you. There's so many layers to it. And when Houston Healing was birthed, that was one of the first things I talked about. And I called out therapists. I called them out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't care how y'all feel. Because again, <laughs> the field is dominated primarily with yeah. white folks, white with women, white folks. honestly, yeah. Yeah. white Christian straight women. So it's yeah. like, uh-uh, if that is the, what the population what? is oversaturated with, y'all really need you to understand need to that you are working with people that are so different than that. Yes. And so you need to understand them. You need mm-hmm. to you need to do your work. It is not the client's job to come in and educate you in their session. Yeah, absolutely not. So there were some questions that I created. I had done a talk um, and and I will link that I did an Instagram live a long time ago about cultural competency and what to look for, what questions to ask. And there's also a post. And so when you have that consultation, schedule a consultation with the person you are looking to work with. Typically, 10 to 20 minutes is what is offered at no cost to you. But in that interview, them interview the therapist so that you can get a feel you can do a vibe check because again we when you go on a therapist bio you see you know their degrees and their certifications and specializations and how long they've been practicing mm-hmm. and you know their therapeutic modalities and if you're not in that world you don't know what that means you're like oh exactly. dbt yes. seek motivational interview like you what the hell? yeah a client shouldn't even be expected to understand what any yes. of that means so you need to go in with a list of questions that i have handy dandy for you in an instagram post that i will link below um um, but just going, how does your education and training equip you to address my areas of concern? How do you mm-hmm. consider race, class, gender, sexual wow. orientation, disability, whatever your thing or things are? How do you how did you get prepared for this? How mm-hmm. do you factor that into the way you treat a patient like myself? Um, ask them straight up. What experience do you have working with clients of color and marginalized popula- populations? What experience do you have working with clients of color and marginalized populations? Put them in a hot seat. That's what that consultation is for, because a lot of times when you get on a consultation, a therapist is trying to sell that. Hi, you know, this is my name. I'm Dr. So-and-so or I'm this, that. And these are my certifications. I saw it. I read all that. Got it. Yeah. My this time is for me to figure out if this is what I'm going through. This is who I am. Can you do this? Yes or no? And so and most of the times that they're, oh, yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. So let me ask more questions. Let me get to the nitty gritty. And these are the questions you want to ask them. Um, Ask them, how does your worldview impact and influence your treatment modalities? Again, do you see me as this wounded, poor soul? Like, you know, I need to know how you view me. I need to know how you view where I come from. I need to know what you think about me in this population. Um, And then ask them, what is cultural? What does culturally competent treatment mean and look like to you? Are you just using buzzwords? Are you making it sound good? Mm-hmm. Or are you actually you culturally competent? That yeah. Is that and, a part of your treatment? Yeah. Are you going to continuously 
keep at the forefront my identity and how this guides my treatment? Or are you just going to nope, check the box? Oh, this is a, a black, you know, non-binary. Oh, this yeah. is a Latina. No, or, no, no, no. Is this going to be integral to my treatment? Are you going to recognize my identity or my identities as a part of this process? And then if you really, really, really want to smoke, you can ask them, how do you handle topics of systemic racism, white privilege, oppression, and discrimination as they present themselves in therapy? Mm-hmm. Are we going to brush over it? Are we going to talk about it? Are we really going to recognize the impact that it's had in my life, my community, my worldview, um, yeah. my mental health? Are we just going to be like, oh, yeah, we get no. Mm. So, so you if, you, going, yes. if you really if you really want to get a therapist in the hot seat, ask them. I and if a therapist don't answer these questions, that's red flag number one, two, and three. It is red flag one, two, and three if they don't want to answer these questions. But those that is just a guide of some questions I made, and people have come to me. I've gotten DMs in the um in the use the healing page and been like, I asked a therapist this, oh my god, like, and it's been it's not funny at all, but it has been like, wow, like they, they, they stopped, they stopped the call. They decided, they told you yes. they didn't want to work with you, but I'm wow. like, how refreshing was that for you to know before to you know went in there before. and telling your business and opening yourself up because you would have gotten a response that was completely opposite to what you yeah. needed to heal. And you may have stopped the therapeutic process right exactly then and there. That part. Yes. So again, if you have been damaged in this way, keep going. You are going to find a therapist that is for you that understands you that sees you mm-hmm. and recognizes that these parts of you are critical for your therapeutic process um so don't give up but if you have not yet started the process ask these questions because you need to know who you're working with we're talking about your heart your soul your emotions like oh, you have to make sure they're yeah. protected yeah. so absolutely and i talk a lot more about this in this instagram live that i had done but it is it is something that Again, I think there's such a misconception of what cultural competency is. And so I think I think it had to be addressed and it had to be uh, the misconceptions had to be cleared up. And I think we needed to let people know, like, you know, now that you know what it is, this is how you walk in it. This is what Mm -hmm. to look for. And when you can't find it, don't rule folks out because. I've had, I, I'm, I'm looking for a therapist. I'm looking for a therapist. When I find a therapist that's blank, I'm going to go to therapy. I'm like, so what if that person when never becomes available not, to you? Yeah. What will you do? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, or what happens when you find that person? And unfortunately, and they, they are they are not what you need. Yeah. What are you going to do? So we're, we're postponing who you're supposed to be and the baggage that you're supposed to unpack because you can't find somebody or you didn't found somebody and it wasn't a fit. So Recognizing that is, I'm a huge proponent of culturally competent therapy and bigger than challenging clients to find it. It's it's more so calling out therapists to meet that's, the need yeah. of mm-hmm. people. Um, and that is something that that's a hill I'll die on. Um, <laughs> they can ban me, but I'm, I'm so I'm, serious about it. It yeah. is. And I mean, I know that, you know, in your experience, you know, you've had all types of different um, different types of therapists. So mm-hmm. talk about what your experience has been with like your therapist being culturally competent, whether or not they looked like you or they identified in the same ways as you. Yeah, in the first episode, I mentioned how, you know, saw someone pro bono and he was a white male, right? Like Mm -hmm. totally older, like could have been, actually we would joke, like could have been my dad. Like he's Mm -hmm. like, could I definitely could have been his daughter. So like going into that, but having an understanding of, I'm talking about like, I am someone who's in my early 20s taking care of my mom who's not working, mm-hmm. right? I need you to also, like, 
I don't want to say have sympathy, but like feel not sympathy, not that's not the word, but like have a, a caring, like okay, you like you empathize with that, background. yeah, empathize with mm-hmm. it, right? Like empathize with it, and and also as you're doing that, calling me like a you know to hire and have boundaries. That was if he would have been like, oh well, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Like if if he would have approached it without like love and grace, I think I would have been like, nah, this is not for me. And I think I would have had a bad taste in my mouth because of mm-hmm. therapy. I mean, I had a bad taste in my mouth because he's calling me higher and calling me to have boundaries, but like, it wasn't because of, he didn't understand. He totally understand. He's totally empathized. And it just mm-hmm. made it that much more um, powerful for me. And mm-hmm. yeah, that was a really good experience with a white male. Cause you know, we, we can go into another conversation about that, but it made me keep going in, in mm-hmm. my therapy therapy process mm-hmm. okay yeah so like you said we had totally different experiences with seeing white males yeah, like you said you, were- you had one that was beneficial it was enriching mm-hmm. mine not so much but again we only know that because we both we walked tried. in there even though yeah. we was like "Ooh, wait a minute like and, so but we still we still went we still progressed and then you actually progressed i didn't and like yes. you said i pivoted you and pivoted, i found yeah. I, f- I found a different place for me mm-hmm. to to heal and to go through my therapeutic process um and i know that you've talked in previous episodes about your current therapist the one you've worked with for years being a yes. black woman yeah and that is a black woman and a and it is a therapeutic alliance that is um, filling and it is beneficial. Like, you know, so talk about the ways in which having her has been such a um, benefit to your therapeutic journey. And so that was my, my, I was like, I need a black woman therapist. And actually, if I wouldn't have known this before, I probably, if she was someone that I didn't, if I didn't find a black woman, I don't think I would have continued my therapy like journey. So I'm glad this episode is happening to encourage people to, to continue this. Um, and it's, it's beneficial for me because like, she, she just gets it. Like she understands that there's moments where we, and there's some things that we might not agree on. And I'm able to say, mm, I really don't feel that way. Right. And like, mm-hmm. she's able to then, okay, well let's, you don't feel this way. Let's, let's work on, let's talk about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been, I, I feel seen, I feel, I feel validated. Um, and I think also having friends who, who've seen other people also know that, in a world, if I move and I can't find the this uh, like a black woman, right, the person who we um, like match on paper, I know that there is a world in which I can find a culturally competent therapist. And and now, like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna use those questions. When I first went to, I, I didn't use those questions. I just assumed, okay, we both sisters in this. Like, you got this, we got this, right? But I think mm-hmm. going, if I can go back, I probably would have asked her the same questions, right? Um, just to see, right? Just to also put me in a driver's seat and like also know that like I have agency over my healing process right like absolutely I mm-hmm. have I can advocate for myself in that way and so mm-hmm. I'm glad that you're doing this because I feel like um I've heard so many people say like I didn't relate so I just walked away or um you know or and and, and the person like that the therapist like traumatizing them even more and they have like yeah. this like very mm-hmm. traumatic like you know therapy and they're like nope it, it messed me up I don't want to go and so I'm glad that like before any any of that happens, ask these questions before you start mm-hmm. like opening up yourself to someone and before like trauma can happen, right? Like ask these questions and and you know like, okay, I can continue this or nope, I gotta go. Like mm-hmm. and it puts you in the driver's seat. Yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. Therapists, if you can't be culturally competent, uh go on somewhere else. And for the clients, like you said, have an open mind 
ask questions, consult with the people that you're working with. Do not just look at the picture or the flags that they're flying in their bio. Get to get to the root of who they are and how they approach treatment to make sure that it's a proper fit for you. And when it's not, again, speak up, advocate, like you said, be in the driver's seat, have agency over this process. So when it's not working out, call, like make sure that the therapist recognizes it. And if it still isn't working out, then hey, Find another therapist, whether they refer you to one or you restart the process over, but take control of your healing journey. Do not let one bad experience um, make you step away from the growth and the healing that you need and that you deserve. Please utilize the the links that we've provided to not only use the questions that we have uh, curated for you, but also a more in-depth conversation about culturally competent therapy, what it means and why it's beneficial to your process and your journey. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast. If you're still not following us on Instagram or Twitter, please do so at Hughes to Healing. That's H-U-E-S to Healing, no spaces. We'll also have it linked in the episode notes, but our Instagram is where you'll find our mental health resource guide and it's a space for us to connect. Yes, connect with us. We want to hear from y'all. Tell us what's working. Maybe you have some questions as you're navigating this journey, but just know that between Janae and I, we got y'all covered. We are always going to keep it real because this is a conversation and we are committed to this with you. So anything you want to let them know before we sign off, Janae? Know what you need before entering therapy. Be open-minded with yourself and your therapist and make sure you're being vocal in this process. And therapists, do better. One thing I like to leave you with every week is that if no one else has told you this today, you got this. And shout out to you for making it this far in the episode, but more importantly, for making the commitment to your mental health to show up and engage with us. So until next time, we will talk to you later. Take care.